The waiting game continues. Turns out that Harrison Ingram decision isn't as imminent as we wanted or hoped for. Is it time to be a little bit concerned? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I really want to thank you for joining us, especially those of you, you I'll call you everydayers, those of you that are joining us every day. Uh, man, it's just so fun, all the conversations we get to have. So sincerely, just want to say a word of thanks. Makes this all the better when I know that you guys are here with me just as dialed in as I am. Well, here we go. Friends, we got a great show to be able to chat today. I, I want to talk about the idea of programs versus teams. We're going to have that conversation. And uh, we got some news on Wednesday that unfortunately Jackie Manuel is leaving the Carolina program. It's good for Jackie. It's It stinks for uh, Carolina fans because we love having him around. But before we get to any of that, I do want to come back around to Harrison Ingram. And here's why. I I know we've talked about him a couple times lately, but we got some more definitive um, information about his recruitment on Wednesday, enough so that I thought it was pertinent that we should have, or pertinent enough information that I thought we should have another conversation about him. So reason being, I think the majority of us, myself included, are, are when Armando Baycott tweeted on Saturday night to stay tuned, when RJ on Tuesday morning tweeted, that's just the beginning or whatever, it, it felt like, okay, they have to be referencing Harrison Ingram, right? We had all those conversations. We thought that that's what's happening and that it was going to be a big splashy thing. And so... I'm not sure if Mondo and RJ are doing that because they have actionable information or if they're just trying to say, like hedging their bets, hoping that that what they say is going to come to fruition. Well, at least for the, the imminent present is not a thing yet. New information came out on Wednesday in a report from 247 Sports that basically had this information, and then we'll unpack what it means for us. According to 247, Harrison Ingram and his family will be hosting in-home visits starting Friday tomorrow, and that includes teams like Baylor, Texas A&M, and the Tar Heels. The Tar Heels will get an in-home on Saturday is the reporting there. So it's great. Carolina's in on that, but it's also two local schools. Harrison Ingram is from the Dallas area. And so um, Baylor, Waco is just uh, down I-35, a couple hours from Dallas area. Texas A&M in College Station is down towards the coast there, right? Like, and so... um, like it's going to be a battle for Carolina, not only those in-home visits, but then early next week, Ingram has now scheduled part of that reporting was that he is going to go to Lawrence, Kansas to visit the Jayhawks. And so 
it's not as much of a slam dunk as maybe we thought. It's not as much of a waiting game as people have, or uh, excuse me, it is more of a waiting game than people had been reporting. And and frankly, I think some of that reporting we've been seeing and reading from from the the Twitter sources has been not reliable. That's why I've been hesitant to say like, hey, it's coming, it's happening right now. Um, so. That's where we're at right now. There, there's probably some other, like I've also heard potentially Xavier will get an in-home visit. And so we'll just keep our eyes on all of that. But um, all that to say, don't don't expect something even this week or this weekend. Because he's going to Kansas early next week. So um, just buckle up, put your waiting pants on, and wait with me a while longer because the Harrison Ingram recruitment is going to spread out. Um, the the sus- thing we suspected is that it was Kansas and North Carolina as the two front runners. It still seems that way. Um, it's just that Kansas is getting this on-campus visit. Now, don't be concerned about that, that Carolina is only going in home and Ingram's not coming to Chapel Hill. He's been there before, so it's not. He doesn't have to go to Chapel Hill. He knows what it is. He knows the lay of the land there. So, take comfort. Coach Davis has been great on the recruiting trail. We know what this twenty-four class is and what it looks like. Carolina has continued to win there. Coach Davis, Coach Lebo, they can do a great job. There, there are things we have to look at, like. What what is going on with the NL NIL money behind the scenes with name, image, and likeness things? Um, what level of a factor is that going to play? Uh, you know how what does Harrison and his camp and his family feel about that? What what is he looking for in that? Is are are there sums of money? And if so, is is Carolina willing to be a player if that's if that's the case? Um, and because I know, I know, I get it. We would love to still be able to say things like, well, we're Carolina. He should just want to come, right? He should want to be a Tar Heel, regardless of any NIL money. And I agree. I feel that same way too. But uh, those of you that feel that way and myself, we come from an era prior to this where money wasn't allowable. And and now in the past couple of years, it is. And, and that does become a factor. And so Carolina is going to have to find ways to wade into those waters and see what they want to do. Um, like, and like I could hear people saying something like, let's get kids because we're Carolina. They should want to come to us for less because of the privilege of coming to Carolina. Sure, absolutely. But money still talks. And, and that's what the NIL space is. And it's not like Carolina's out on that. Like uh, there, there's an award coming out or that was announced earlier in the week that Carolina's in the running for, for, for NIL and how they've been handling it. And so um, clearly Carolina is doing well in this space, but that is part of the conversation. We're going to have to see what happens like that uh, with that. So we'll wait and see what happens with these in-home visits. We'll wait and see. What happens when he goes to Kansas? I just don't like that it's a slam, that it's not a slam dunk like we thought it would be, and it would be Carolina, that it was in and he had already told the coaches and things like that. Again, that's why never you just can't ever trust rando Twitter folks saying things like that. So the the question I asked off the top, am I concerned? 
my eyebrows are raised. I wouldn't say I'm concerned because I, I believe that Carolina has something very special to offer. I believe that Carolina has a very special position to offer him. But also, I get that Jalen Wilson's leaving Kansas and they've got this kind of space for him as well. So we'll have to wait and see on that. And by the way, as you think about other people, other targets that that we as a Carolina fan base have hoped for, one of them is Dalton Connect. Uh, we mentioned on yesterday's show, if you're tuned in with us, <laughs> the, the everydayers I talked about earlier, that he I was hearing some connections with him to Oregon. Well, Oregon picked up a crystal ball for Dalton Connect on Wednesday, and so that continues to gain momentum. So I think we might be on the outside. Not I think we might be. We are on the outside looking in on that one right now. And obviously, we don't even know what level the coaching staff even went after him. I, I think they they went in hard as well. They should, but the, uh, we just have to know that that's where that's at. So I would love to know your thoughts on this whole Harrison Ingram saga. Are you are you on pins and needles waiting? Are you frustrated by how it's been drawn out? Are you nervous? Are you concerned? Are you thinking, oh, well, Carolina will get through that, and ultimately, at the end of the day, he'll commit to the Tar Heels. I'd love to know where you're at on all of that. Well, I, I, part of this whole conversation as we get into a new era is the idea of a program versus a team. And that's a, that's a battle that we are fighting right now. And so I want to unpack it and talk about what I'm seeing in the landscape. And we're going to do that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? Well, then you got to get the best tasting protein bar ever. Built. You got to try them. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, I, I want to, but I often don't, sadly, and you don't want to compromise on taste, then Built Bars and Built Puffs are exactly what you're looking for. You won't even think they're good for you. What makes them so good? Well, to start with, they're all covered with 100% real dark chocolate, and they come in phenomenal flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while still maintaining amazing macros, and best yet, they really are healthy. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Plus, now you don't have to wait around for an order to come to you from Built.com. You can just run down to grab a box from your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Or if you want specialty flavors, of course, you can still grab those at Built.com. Try it now, and you can thank me later for getting you on Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Okay, I want to talk about this idea of building a program versus building a team. This has been sitting in my queue for a while now, a week or two, but there's just been all these names we've been needing to talk about, and so I, I really want to get this conversation out there and would love to hear how you're processing this idea as well. So for years at Carolina, I mean, this is who Carolina is. We've talked about building a program, a system, a family that is successful year after year after year. And obviously what success looks like, I mean, it, with 363 teams in division one, it's impossible to be literally national championship level every year, but we're talking like success to me from a programmatic standpoint 
Is second weekend of the tournament good every year? Is top three in the ACC good every year? That is a program. That's what Carolina is striving for. And often, as we as the Tar Heels have worked to build a program of that nature, I, I don't know about for you, but for me, I've often thumbed my nose uh, at, a, at a school that just builds a team. A one-year team of mercenaries who come in, and then you're back to square one the next year, or a whole new set of mercenaries. And that can take shape in many different ways, whether it's Kentucky or Duke, just going all in on the one and dones, whether it's a program really heavily relying on one-year transfers, whether it's a program who, um, what whatever it is that they've done, and it's just like, we've got this team this year that we've kind of piecemealed together, but it's only going to work for this year, and it could fall apart and crumble next year. Well, here's the problem. It's now time to rethink that because it's 2023 and we have the one-time transfer rule and along with it, the one time, the, the not one time, but the transfer portal. We also now have NIL and all of these are going to continue to cause headaches. And in the immediate present this year, and, and we'll see it one more time next year uh, because the upcoming senior class is the, the last class that has COVID eligibility. And so here's what I want us to do. Here's what I need to start doing, quite frankly. I'm, I'm not, this is me preaching to myself, not just everyone else. It's time to rethink that program versus team idea. Because now we have to rethink what a program is. Because now even program schools have to rebuild a team year after year after every single year. North Carolina. Kansas, Gonzaga, all of these, everyone that you think of as a program, not a one and done factory, you're not a transfer factory, are going to have to do this now. And so uh, a program is about finding ways to rebuild your team every year with some constants, whether it's a philosophy that's constant always, whether it is Hey, we are still able to find players that we really that are, that are going to be three or four year guys that we can continue to develop and grow and work on, and who are willing to do that because that that's a big part of it right now. Is are there the guys out there that are still willing to stay put and go through that learning and training and development? They're out there, but you got to find them. And then you you sprinkle in some one and done talent. You sprinkle in a transfer here or there. To, to plug any holes. But it but it's not a complete roster overhaul year after year after year because that that would still to me not be a program. Does that make sense? So so even Carolina, in order to be the program that we know Carolina to be, Coach Hubert Davis and his staff are going to have to create a new team every single year now. Hopefully not not in the ways of, of some of the other schools that we're kind of thinking of that build a team after a team after a team. But it's just that development and, and team building looks drastically different now in this era. It's, it's just straight up free agency vibes that you get, right? Uh, we, I, we just talked about it, like with the potential of Harrison Ingram and NIL money. And I, I don't know what he and his family are asking for, but it's that kind of thing we're talking about where, 
like a lot of the the scuttlebutt has been that Matthew Meyer last offseason went to Illinois instead of Carolina specifically because um, Carolina either wasn't willing to or couldn't match the money that Illinois was offering. And so he was an Illini this past year. And and here's the thing with when we think about all this transfer stuff, high major programs, and that, that's not based on the program so much as the conferences, high major conferences and the teams within them are scared of not playing players enough and they go off and transfer if they don't play enough. While mid-major programs are scared of their players playing too well because then they transfer up to a high major team. And so it, it's just, this is going to be the way of it. it. It's all about how you embrace it, how you continue to be a program which is bigger than one year while embracing rebuilding a roster year after year after year. So, so that's what this is all about. So my, my question for us is how do we as Tar Heels embrace that? How do we switch our paradigm? Well, I, I think first we have to recognize that while Carolina is frankly above some things, this is something that the Tar Heels are not above and are not immune to. And, and that's every, every program, every school in America now. So Carolina is not above it. No one, secondly, will be immune to this new type of roster construction. That's how it's going to be. So sure, you, you might have a year or two where you're able to keep things together and not lose, but maybe one person to the transfer portal and not really have to bring anybody in. But that is going to be the exception now, not the rule. So Come with me. Let's all of us start to switch our paradigm to think about what this means. So to me, to continue to be a program, if North Carolina is going to continue to be a program, you're looking for who are the linchpins? Who are the, the program guys that will legit stay three or four years, are willing to go through actual development and, and coaching and things of that nature and not leave just because it got tough or because they weren't getting the playing time they wanted? You, you got to find those guys. And it's this weird balance where they've got to be good enough to play really, really well at the collegiate level, but not so good or, or don't have such a good body where um, you've got something inherently wrong that the NBA doesn't want you. And so the best option is to stay around in school and make NIL money every year. It's like this weird balance that you've got to find those guys. That's, that's who, for me, Carolina's got to go after to continue to create a program instead of a team. This is another thing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What does it look like to build a program in this era? Well, one of the roles that helps build a program is the director of player development. And unfortunately, the Tar Heels are going to have to find a new one. Why? Because Jackie Manuel is getting back into being an assistant coach. We'll talk about that in just a second. All right, some bittersweet news. Jackie Manuel is leaving Carolina again, right? He, he had left before after um, finishing his playing career and, and doing some other things. Came back a couple years ago to be on Coach Banghart's staff and then has been on the men's staff the last two years as the director of team and player development. And notably, this past season was the JV head coach. There's been this whole litany of, of Carolina guys that have done that and then moved on to other things. Roy Williams, Hubert Davis are examples 
of that. So what is it that Jackie is leaving to go do? Well, he will go be an assistant at American University in the Washington, D.C. area. They're part of the Patriot League. And that might seem like a weird spot to you, but it actually makes sense. I'll explain that in just a second. American has three total trips to the NCAA tournament, 2008, 9, and 14. Those three years, they, they've never won. They've been a 14 or 15 seed each time. So just obviously haven't, haven't had much opportunity to win at that level. This past season, the Eagles were 17 and 15 overall, 7 and 11 in Patriot play. And so it was, it was time for them to move on. So about just just a little bit shy of two weeks ago, they hired Dwayne Simpkins as their brand new head coach. And that's where the connection begins to come in for Jackie. Simpkins and Jackie Manuel were assistants together under Wes Miller at UNC Greensboro from, for three years, from the 2012-13 season to the 2014-15 season. And so uh, naturally there's a connection there. And when you have guys you know and love and trust, you want to go get them and bring them in. So Coach Simpkins gets this head gig at, at American and then decides that he wants to bring in Jackie Manuel to be a part of that. So here's what I want to say. Obviously, Jackie was never going to stay around unless he he was you know going to move up at Carolina. But this this director of, of development role isn't something that uh, Jackie Manuel was going to stay in. He had, you know, essentially a decade of assistant coaching experience coming into that. And obviously, if coaching is what he wants to do, when there's an opportunity to go do it, you go do it. So here's where I'm at on this. This is great for Jackie, right? Has an opportunity, gets to go off. And, and do this and be, be part of uh, a new thing, building, kind of re, trying to rebuild this American program. But at the same time, it can be true that this stinks for Carolina. It's just like when you lose seniors or anyone else that goes off. You, you just hate it. You know, I, I think of like the parallel I think of is I'm a parent and my, my oldest is seven and what I'm doing right now is is training him and preparing him and equipping him for what his life ahead will have. And one day, he's going to leave our house and go off on his own, hopefully prepared and ready to do whatever it is that, that God has in store for him in life. And I'm going to hate that because I, I, I love, my wife and I love having our son under our roof. And so I'm going to hate it when he leaves because I'm going to miss the stink out of him. But at the same time, I will be as proud as I could possibly be because he's going off to do what I've trained him to do. And that's exactly what's happening here with Jackie and why it's so bittersweet because you love this man. You love what he's done for Carolina. And so you hate to see him go, but you love it because he's doing what he wants to do, what he's been trained to do. And so we send him in love. But the, qu the question you might ask is Isaac, why, why exactly does this hurt? Well, for me, a great example of it is the very special relationship that coach Manuel had with leaky black and how he has been able as a former Carolina player himself to, to just go through it with leaky and, and connect with him and bring the best out of him and help him to 
um, grow into his own skin and, and how to be the person he is and all that. And that's just the main public example we've had, right? Obviously, Jackie's been connecting with all these guys and helping grow them amongst all his other duties. And so that's something that is going to be dearly missed because of his innate ability to connect with the young men on the roster. But at the same time, Carolina's going to bring somebody else into this role, right? Like they're going to fill it. And so uh, while I'm terribly sad for Jackie to leave, you, you do turn your brain to thinking things like, so who's next? Who's up? Who's in the pipeline? <clears throat> in the Carolina family, there is a multitude of people it could be. A multitude of people who I think would exceed at, or who would succeed at this role and excel at this role. But here's who I'm wondering if it might be. I have no intel, no inside information on this. But you know who was around a bit? This past year, you know, who's been doing things, Marcus Page, one of the most beloved Tar Heels of the past decade or so, and and probably beyond, quite frankly. But man, I think he would make a very welcome addition to this team, to this staff, to to player development for for learning what it is to be a Tar Heel. You talk about building a program. That's a young man that can help you do it right there. And so, again, no clue who it actually might be and when that might actually happen. But I think Marcus Page would be a slam dunk for that role if he'd be interested in. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Friends, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up tomorrow, I've got an intriguing off-the-radar transfer portal target I want to talk about and look at. And so I can't wait to do that with you. We'll get you ready for the spring football game and take a little weekend whip around Chapel Hill. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. You can send the show an email, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Just had a couple, in fact, roll in earlier on Wednesday. And so looking forward to getting to have some conversation with those folks. Would love it if you sent an email as well. Please don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave comments on your thoughts on our conversation today. Just going to keep waiting. It's a waiting game, and we'll see what happens with Harrison Ingram and others. Hopefully, good news is on the horizon. Well, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. You know it, and I know it. I'll talk to you guys again on Friday. But until then, peace. Peace.